David was reminding them that we don't just rejoice in the fact that God has done great things in our life. We rejoice to be a testimony in a world that needs to know the God who has changed our lives. Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. Our 2019 theme is making disciples as we help our community know God, become family, and impact the world. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Now, here's Pastor Bill. Pretty cool stuff, isn't it? Hard to believe it's been two years since we took that next step of faith. It's called our Next Steps Campaign, and it's uh, a part of the history of this church where we realized if we were going to keep reaching the next generation, we had to take a radical step. And many of you have been a part of that journey. Many of you, the reason we're having to take that journey, because you have been fruitful and multiplied. And so we are excited about those days. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Next Steps Campaign. But before we do, I want to continue in our sermon series and look at Thanksgiving. Not the holiday, but the response of a heart that has been transformed by God. The title of my sermon is Thanksgiving in a Song. We're going to see that the next steps of a thankful heart is to respond with a new song. Now, if you look throughout history, and at least in this nation, it's very easy to see Thanksgiving songs don't sell records. Uh, Some of the craziest songs that are out there are the most unthankful songs on planet Earth. Let me just give you a couple of exhibits. These are actual songs that have sold thousands and thousands of records. Here's the first one. The title is, You're the Reason Our Kids Are So Ugly. That was written by Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn, two legends in the country music world. Second one, if the phone doesn't ring, it's me. Boy, there's some love right there in that song. You've got to think about that lyric for a moment. How about this one? I still miss you, baby, but my aim's getting better. Some sick songwriters in this world. How about this? I wouldn't take her to a dogfight because I'm afraid she might win. That is, that's way too wrong. I didn't write it. I'm just posting what's out there. I'm so miserable without you. It's like having you here. If my nose was running money, I'd blow it all on you. Boy, that's, a, that's some clever songwriting right there, isn't it? There are some people without friends who've written those songs. So easy to be unthankful. But what we're trying to do is focus in on a heart of thanksgiving. We're going to see in scripture, you'll be surprised at how much thanksgiving shows up or should show up in our songs. Before we get there, let me remind you of your homework through this month. I've been reminding you to take this month and write a thanksgiving list. And every day, post something new. I've loved hearing the stories. A lot of moms and dads in this service have been coming to me and telling me about your children who've been doing that, bringing that list to the dinner table and really holding mom and dad accountable to uh, staying thankful this holiday season. I hope that you're doing that personally. I hope you do that if you have a family, that you're doing that with your family, that you would take time, whether you need an acrostic where you take every letter of the alphabet or if you take the word Thanksgiving or if it's just a simple list and every day you're just adding something to the bottom of the list. I would think that if you're a Sooner fan, you've had opportunities these last two weeks to come up with some kind of crazy new thing to be thankful for, right? Unstinking believable. But let's move on. Second one, we will gather back tonight those who have pre-registered. Don't you come sneaking in thinking there's a plate waiting for you. Uh, It's going to be packed out. Most I think we've done in here around tables has been about 400, maybe 425. Tonight we're taking it over the top. And when you get here... 
you're going to get here with a thankful heart. Can I get an amen for the congregation? When you're standing in line for 20 minutes waiting to get your mashed potatoes and extra gravy, what are you going to do? Be thanks, full of thanksgiving, not just on a plate, but in your heart. And then I want to remind you, our family resource ministry uh, right out off the lobby has all kinds of ideas to help us stay thankful, all kinds of activities, things you can do with your children, things for you to stay thankful. But the best activity resource we have is the Word of God. Let's turn there this morning. Find 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and let's talk about Thanksgiving in a song. We wake up in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and David is reminding the people as the king of Israel, he is reminding them of how they are to respond to the God who has given them their freedoms. We have a lot to learn from David. David, who is a man after God's own heart, teaches us how to have the heart of thanksgiving. And look, look at what he does. It's very interesting. It says in verse 4, 1 Chronicles 16, that David appointed some of the Levites. The Levites were the one tribe that were called out from all the tribes of Israel to minister to all the brethren. They were the ones to be the priests, to do the priestly functions. And he called out some to be ministers before the ark of the Lord, even to celebrate and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. He could have had a number of declarations. He could have said, as king of this land, I am going to make November one of the last Sundays in the month, uh, last Thursdays of a month, a national holiday. Now he calls his people together and says, no, we're going to be a people who every day we live, we're going to do three things. Look at it in verse 4. We're going to be people who celebrate. We're going to be people who give thanks to God, and we will praise him with our lives. You go on in verses 5 and 6, and you can see that there were many who were signed with many different musical instruments. They were loud in their celebrations. They had all kinds of instruments. They had uh, harps and lyres. They had loud-sounding cymbals, and they didn't need a drum cage. They were just reverently loud. And they gathered together, and they were people who celebrated. And in their celebration, they just didn't sing songs, but they gave God thanks, thanksgiving in a song. Go to verse 7. Then on that day, David first assigned Asaph and his relatives to give thanks to the Lord. And he said, oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. David was reminding them that we don't just rejoice in the fact that God has done great things in our life. We rejoice to be a testimony in a world that needs to know the God who has changed our lives. And one of the greatest ways you can make a difference in your world is to sing a new song. Anybody can sing about dead things and unthankful things. Anybody could have written those songs we talked about earlier. And anybody can be cruel. But singing a song of thanksgiving, that is a new song. Verse 9. So he said, sing to him and sing praises to him. Speak of all of his wonders. Turn over to Psalm chapter 96. David continues on to instruct God's people. In Psalm chapter 96, or Psalm 96, verses 1 through 4, he tells the people of God, sing to the Lord a new song. He wasn't talking to the choir director. He wasn't talking to a praise team. He wasn't talking to people who had the spiritual gift of music. He was speaking to the people of God. And he instructed them and said, listen, one thing we need to do, we need to sing a new song. 
If you look up the word new there in the Hebrew, it literally means fresh. It means something original. It's, it's brand new. It's fresh out of the oven, if you will. It's not something that's been baked and sitting on a shelf. It's not something of just looking to the past. Many of us in this room, we can give God praise because of that day he saved us. I remember 1981. Some of you don't even know that, that year, 1981, but it was that year I was saved. And I can look back to 1981, and I can give God praise for saving me in that day. But God is not just the God of salvation. He is the God of sanctification. He is still writing new songs. And the sad thing is, the only song many of us have in our heart is Amazing Grace. All we can sing about is our salvation, but we're not letting God build new songs in our hearts. David said, sing the Lord a new song. Sing the Lord all the earth. Sing the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations. His wonderful deeds among all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. When you look at Psalm 96, David was teaching the people how to be songwriters. Now there are many talented people in this particular audience and you're gifted with music. You understand it, you sing it, you play it, uh, you write it. And man, I admire that gift. That is something that just doesn't come naturally to me. I can listen to it on the radio, but that's about as far as I get with music. I can't write it. I can't sing it. Uh, I've tried it. My shower's bitter at me. It, just, it doesn't even work in the shower in my house. Just not a singer. But the Bible says all of us should be singing to the Lord a new song. It's the same spirit of what Isaiah said when he said, speaking what God had said, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It's the same thing when Jesus said that he was pouring out new wine into new wineskins, a new commandment to love one another as he is loved. And here we find God always being the God of new things. And it's out of those experiences that we have our new songs. We don't have to look to Chris Tomlin or Hillsong or Elevation Worship to find our new songs. And I'm glad that they are bringing new songs into uh, the heart of worship but quite frankly, the strongest songs and the best songs are the songs that come from your journey of faith and from what God is doing in your life. David, who was writing this wisdom, he had the gift of music. He was a musician. He was a songwriter. He wrote most of Psalms, which are the hymns of our faith. He had the gift. But it was a gift that came from his heart. He had a heart for God. Matter of fact, he was known as a man after God's own heart. And not only did he have a heart for God, but he had a walk with God. And as you read the Psalms, what you're reading many times is David pouring out his heart to God because he is thankful for a new thing God had just done. They were songs about new things that made them new songs. This generation, many of you in here don't have a clue who Barry Manilow is. But Mary, Barry Manilow wanted to be the one who wrote the songs that the whole world would sing. He was the one that was going to write all the songs that would speak of love and special things. Forget Barry Manilow. I'm going to be the guy. Are you going to be the guy or the gal who lets the whole world sing? Are you going to be the one that lets people know of God's love and all the special things that he does in your life? You see, that is the next step of thanksgiving. It's not enough just to say, I'm thankful 
It ought to show up in a new song. Let me prove it to you. In your notes, it's not there, but you can write it down. Exodus chapter 15. We talked about it a few weeks ago. I give you exhibit A. It's Israel when they left Egypt. They had cried out for hundreds of years for God to deliver them, and God did a new thing. God broke Pharaoh and his power over Israel, and he delivered them from that bondage. He began to take them to the promised land, and he led them all the way up to the Red Sea, and there they were, trapped, backs against the wall. Pharaoh crushing down on them and about to destroy them and wipe them off the planet. And it was in that moment that God showed up and God did a new thing, something he had never done before. They had never, ever seen it. He told Moses, tell the people to quit fighting, quit doing the battle, to sit back and watch and let me be your victory. And in that moment when they ceased striving, God told them to take their next step to trust him. He parted the Red Sea and they walked through on dry ground. They had never, ever seen that before. They got to the other side and as they looked back, Pharaoh was coming after him. He too was on that dry ground and yet God caused the Red Sea to crush in on them and destroy the greatest army on the planet. And on that day they had victory. And on that day it became Thanksgiving Day. And you know what they did? Their very next step in Thanksgiving, you know what it was? They sang a new song. And it wasn't some songwriter who just came up. The people of God came together and they just began to sing thanks to God and all they did was declare what God had just done. He hurled the rider and the horses into the sea. He has wiped out and given our enemy and given us victory and in the presence of their enemies. They threw out their hallelujahs in a new song. I give you a second exhibit. It's found in Psalm 98 in verse 1. Many Bible scholars believe that this psalm was written as a response to God's redemptive work in Israel's life. They had been taken into captivity in Babylon. They had been unfaithful, and as a result, God disciplined them, and they were ripped out of their promised land, taken to a foreign land, a pagan land, and were destroyed and taken into captivity there in Babylon. Now, God has worked a new work. He's doing a new thing, and he returns them back to their homeland And here was their response. Their next step of thanksgiving, a new song. Look at it, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. You see, what we find here is we find that when God gives us victory in our lives, our next step should be to sing a new song. When God gives you victory in your life in that moment, you need to sit down and you need to reflect on that and not just rejoice that he's given you victory, but you need to sing that out. You need to make it your song, and that song needs to be heard by the people who live within your world. It's one of the greatest ways that we can reach people with the gospel is to live that song before them and to sing a new song as we give glory to God for what he has done. If you look at Psalm 98, verse 1, you see it was a song of thanksgiving. You see that they talked about what God had done, and as a result, it brought glory to his name. Charles Spurgeon said, there must be new songs on new occasions of triumph. When was the last time God brought you a victory? When was the last time God God showed up strong on your behalf? Set you free from either an area of bondage, an attack of the enemy, a trial that you were facing, and he gave you victory. 
That's a new song. Not because it's something new that's playing on the radio. It's something new God just did. And as a result, you have something to sing about. There's a second way. Watch it. Before you even get the victory, go to Psalm 40. The next step of thanksgiving shows up in a song. Psalm 40 and verse 1. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Bible scholars don't know what this was. We're going to find that David was in some kind of a pit. He was, he was like he was in miry clay. Couldn't get out. Some people believe that perhaps he was using uh, an allegory, uh, uh, an example of somebody who's fallen into a deep uh, well. As they fell to the bottom, it was nothing but miry clay. They couldn't get out. They couldn't reach the top. Somebody had to deliver them. Whether he was using that as a picture or perhaps it was when he was hiding in a cave because Saul was trying to take his life. We talked about this before. From the day he was anointed king to the day he went in the palace, about 14 years, where Saul was trying to kill him and have him destroyed because he was a threat to his kingdom. And whether it was that that he was patiently waiting for God's timing, whatever it might be, we don't know what it was, he cried out to the Lord. He was in a difficult time. And he said, and God inclined to me and he heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Great testimony. A powerful witness to the activity of God in David's life. But it doesn't stop there. Notice what David says in verse 3. His next step of thanksgiving shows up in a song. Look at it, verse 3. For God put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God, and many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. When's the last time God put a song in your mouth? I'm not just something you're singing along to on your playlist. Not the latest, greatest little uh, fad song. Uh, not a fun little jingle. Pretty soon we're all going to be singing the B.C. Clark gig, you know. It's going to be the, the old song in our mouth. And all these songs that come back and back and back, all those old songs, what about a new song? It's time that we have some new songs. Not a new genre of music, but what we see here in the heart of David. He's saying, God put that song in my mouth. It was a song of praise to my God. And as he sang that song, as he declared that God was his deliverer and God had been gracious to him and God had placed him on solid ground again, many people were listening to his song. Now, for some of you, you need to sing that song out loud. Many of us, we just need to write the song and tell people about our song may not be so glorious to sing it for others, but they will hear it all the same as they watch your life and as they, lay, as they look in on your song, it is your response, your next step of thanksgiving. I'm going to encourage all of us to write a new song. And when we do, look at this, last part of verse 3, and many will see and many will trust in the Lord. Why are there so few people Trusting Christ in our day. Why are there so few in America that are giving their lives to Christ? Because nobody's singing a new song. Because we still sing Amazing Grace, and we always will. 
but we're not letting God write new songs, fresh songs, and letting God do fresh things in our journey with him. And so here's a new homework assignment. I want to encourage everybody in this room, doesn't matter if you have the gift of music or not, everyone in this room has a God. For those who know the Lord God, this November, I want you to write a song. You say, I don't know how to write a song. I've never written a song. I can't. I determined that I was going to put that on my bucket list. I'm going to become a songwriter. Don't doubt me. <laughs> don't judge me. We're all songwriters. And it may not show up on the radio, but it can show up in my life. And there are people tuning in. There are people listening in. They live with me at home. They live around me in the world in which I engage. I'm going to write a new song. And all you got to do, what they do in Exodus 15, there's your songwriting lesson. It isn't a bunch of rhymes, and it isn't a bunch of cool, and they didn't start with a beat, and they didn't start with this or that. They simply wrote down what God had done, and they made that their song. I want to spend more time, instead of listening to songs on the radio, I want to spend more time sitting down and looking at what God has done in my life today. What's something fresh and new God's doing in my life? And I want to, before I, before I leave this earth, I'm asking God to put as many new songs in my mouth and in my testimony as he will graciously do. And you can sit around and sing the blues, or you can walk around and sing gospel tunes. You can... Let the enemy steal the songs from your mouth and from your heart. Or you can sing a new song. There's psalm after psalm after psalm after psalm after psalm after psalm that says, sing a new song, sing a new song, sing a new song. And I want to take you to the last book in the Bible. Go to book, the book of Revelation, chapter 5. And I want to give you a reason to keep singing new songs. We're going to read about a new song in Revelation chapter 5 that was sung about you. Did you know there's a song in the scriptures about you? Well, for those of you who know the Lord. We get to Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. John, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the portals of heaven are opened up and he's able to look in with an eternal perspective. See things with his eyes you can't see on this earth. He's looking in on eternity in the throne room of God. And listen to what it says. They sang, what they sing? A new song. And they were saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. Who is this new song being sung to? The God of salvation. The Lord God Almighty, the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world. And as they're singing this new song to our Savior, verse 10, look at this verse. For you have made them, who's them? That's you and me who know Jesus. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. I get all kinds of fired up when I read Revelation chapter 5 and see that new song. And that new song was about the new thing that God would do by sending his only begotten son. Because God so loved you and God so loved me, he's willing to pay the price for our sin. 
and our sin that would separate us from a holy God, all of that was paid for on a cross. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And Jesus became that payment. He paid the price for your sin and mine with his blood. So that we might, from every tribe, language, people, and nation, become a new people who would forever have a new song to sing to a world who does not know that God. Would you write a song? Would you let the Lord be praised in your new song? And I wonder how many people this season will come to trust Jesus because of your song about him. Let's pray together. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Until then, we will sing new songs because his mercies are new every morning. He's the same God yesterday and forever, but that same God is new and fresh every day we wake up. And in that, God wants to do a fresh thing in your life and in our church. And so I'm going to ask you for just a moment to respond to God. And there are a couple different ways that you can respond. First, spiritually. It could be that your new song needs to be an old song. It needs to be Amazing Grace. You've never experienced God's grace in your life. You've known about God. You believe there was a God. But you've never experienced God's amazing grace. What is God's grace? God's grace is a gift that we do not deserve. The gift of eternal life. You can't pay for it. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. Neither did I. But God lavishly poured that out on a cross, through his body, through his death, and through his resurrection. That whoever would believe that he is the only way, the only truth, the only life, they would be saved as they believe in their heart. There's some people who've been believing in their head that need to move that to the heart today. Your song needs to be Amazing Grace. And when we stand in a moment as Alex sings, come to one of our staff and say, man, I need to be saved. I need Jesus. might be that Amazing Grace is your old song. You've been saved, but you're not allowing God to do new things. Matter of fact, along the way, you have strayed. You've gone after other things, and your songs, things going on in your life right now, look more like a country song than a new song. Maybe that there's somebody here today that says, God, I need you to clean up the lyrics. I need you to change the verses. I need you to put a new song in my mouth. God, I'm going to let you do a new thing. If you want somebody to pray with you about that, we'll be here as well. If you want a church that you can grow in the understanding of what it means to give thanks, and your next step, let that be a song, we'd encourage you to come as we receive members as well. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe. You have another need. Our ministers will be here. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask our staff if they take their places right now. They're moving. I'm going to pray. When we stand, as Alex sings, you be the first to lead the way. You come. Father God, I pray for boldness in this room. I pray that we would allow you to write new songs today. That we would surrender the script, the page, the song to you. And that God, you would show up in this place. Whatever you need to do, Lord, 
We submit it to you now. We do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Alex is saying, if you need to come, you come. Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv slash podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.